Welcome to Life is a Metaphor mini podcast, where we explore the many metaphors that life has to offer. I've actually asked a few people this question um, at various times when it's come up in conversation. If their soul gets fed or if they feel nourished, if they feel like their cup is full or do they just feel so thirsty? And, you know, on the one hand, before I even get into this, it's like, you know, there's just the general state of desire and thirst that's a good thing. You know, we're always thirsting for more or thirsting um, for something more expanded in our life. Like, that is a good thing. But the question that I'm kind of asking people is, you know, but are you getting fed sometimes? You know, are because we, and here's the metaphor right away, right, basic stuff, We eat every day. It doesn't mean that we're still not hungry tomorrow. So I'm not asking someone, hey, are you just like satisfied to this end point where you'll never need anything else and you're never going to start feeling hungry again? Like, that's not what I'm asking. I'm talking, do you eat regularly? Do you eat regularly and feel generally nourished, even though tomorrow you will definitely be hungry again because that's how your body works? But are you getting regular food or are you in a place of deep thirst, deep hunger, malnourishment, you know, because you're not really getting fed with food for your soul. And, um, you know, I usually get the answer no. I mean, people don't really want to say it because, you know, if you ask people a different question, if you say, are you happy? <laughs> like, yeah, I'm totally happy. Or like, my life is good. Or, you know, because, you know, what a slap in the face of our very own efforts and our very own life to be like, no, life sucks, you know. Um, So most people will say that. But when you really ask them to answer more specifically about are you getting fed with nourishment for your soul regularly, that's when they're like, I don't know. (laughs) Like, I do feel like an extra layer of hunger that maybe isn't just of the normal everyday hunger variety in there or maybe some malnourishment. And I've done, you know, metaphors on this before, like food for the soul and stuff for sure. And um, I don't know, I think I just want to add a little bit that is what I think is most soothing to most nourishing to my soul Um, and to play with some of the metaphors within that because it also has its own layers. And also because I hear so many people saying that, yeah, that's going on for them. And I also think that, um, why aren't we looking for food? (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Like, I think that one of the other big metaphors in this is that people aren't getting fed. They're not getting food regularly. And instead of being like, okay, I'm hungry, I'm thirsty, let me make it my business to look for water and to look for food and get the job done and go get me some food, they are generally doing this other thing where they're trying to not be hungry. They're trying to distract themselves away from their hunger or trying to tell themselves like, I don't need to be hungry, I'm not really hungry. You know, like they're trying to somehow suppress the hunger and just not be hungry. (laughs) because I don't know if they just feel shame that they shouldn't be so hungry or shouldn't need, or it's just such a distraction or such a pain in their ass that they're hungry, that they're just like, you know, let me just distract myself. Um, But that's what I mostly see people doing is distracting from that hunger that's gnawing at them 
and trying not to be hungry, trying to pretend that they aren't hungry in the face of others, um, instead of just like, duh, folks, I mean, if you're hungry, let's just get some food. Let's just do that thing, that actionable thing of getting some food. Why aren't we talking about that? What, how much energy are you spending on trying not to be hungry uh, or trying to not notice that you are trying to sort of will it into being that you aren't hoping that one day you won't be so hungry <laughs> that you'll magically just like your appetite and everything will be sort of changed and altered and you'll just magically have arrived to the place where you're no longer hungry or, you know, trying to just distract the heck out of yourself so that you, you know, because it does work. I mean, it does work for a little while. You can distract yourself away from the hunger. Um, and they're just like doing that instead of just, hey, let's let's find the food. <laughs> let's talk about that. Um, so that's kind of what I was going to do is like, all right, well, uh, what do I think is the direction that I might point to uh, towards like where food comes from, or even just because, you know, really and truly, I imagine everyone does have their own specific, unique tastes for food and needs, nutritional needs for food, just like our bodies have. Um, and that their souls, which is I'm defining as just the non-physical entity of you, you know, not the physical body, but the stuff that is the non-physical you. Um, and it's mysterious, right? I mean, I don't there I can't define much more than that because um, that part is who knows? Uh, you know, there's a lot of different theories on what that part is. So the non-physical part of you, your soul. And um, it needs nourishment too. <laughs> uh, what I imagine is that everybody has different needs, you know, of course, but for me, I find the most nourishment, the most food in, I find that it quenches my thirst and feeds me best. Um, when I share my soul, like soul sharing, let's put it that way, because it goes both ways. I get to see and enjoy the soul of another or substance that comes from the soul of another and the same. I get to share my soul. Um, and I think that immediately upon listening to that, most people will be like, yeah, okay, okay, I gotcha. And like, think of that as simplistic or nothing new or whatever. But I don't think so. I don't think so. I think we are very confused. I have to remind myself about what is really sharing the soul. It doesn't just mean because I think often it gets confused with sharing a bunch of heavy, conflicted upset in your being, right? That's not necessarily sharing your soul. Likewise, sharing a bunch of positivity or whatever from your being is also not necessarily sharing your soul. I think that somewhere along the way, we decided, and I think it's probably that the mind is like the thinking and we think the heart is like the feeling. Um, and so we attributed maybe soul to heart. So anything that has to do with feelings, we thought feelings had to do with the heart. And so anything that had to do with feelings, we just said, oh, yeah, there's your soul. That's the that's that inner part. I mean, it is your feelings do have to do with the non-physical element of you 
but they also kind of have to do with that physical element of you too, because like they're kind of, you know, and many times, uh, chemicals that run through our body and change rapidly. And uh, I don't even want to get into the debate on whether feelings are this or that. I just want to say feelings are both. Feelings are related to the mind and related to the heart. They can be both and usually are a mixture of both. So just talking about feelings that you have isn't necessarily a guarantee that you're into that soul sharing place. Um, It might be that you're just sharing a bunch of mind chatter uh, because, (laughs) for example, um, Yeah, if somebody's telling me that like what's on their heart today or what's on their soul today is that they're worried about X, Y, and Z and they're just like going on and on about a bunch of the worries. Now, you're kind of getting closer, I guess, to sharing what's on the soul, but you can very easily see how someone could go on and what they've mostly shared is a bunch of mind chatter. They've shared mostly stuff that has gone on in their mind, thinking. And that thinking then created worry Um, and you know, so, and it might be linked into the soul. Absolutely. But they haven't really gotten to that piece yet. You know, um, where's your soul's sort of business in this? What is the actual, um, yeah, where, where, where's that voice? Where does the voice of the soul come in? If you were to speak on even that same topic of whatever the worry is from the soul standpoint, it would probably be more relieving for you to express and more nourishing for the other person to hear, more informative, more connecting, etc. But it is pretty hard to do. Um, so it does require some skill and some dexterity to take a situation that is highly wrapped up in your mind and like extract what the soul says about that same situation. So I guess I'm saying like, hey, we can all do that and should all strive for that and be aware of both at the same time. But that is is kind of a pretty skillful thing to be able to do in the most basic sense, um, like where anyone can start and hang out is like in just expressing the soul, like just expressing or sharing the soul in the moment minus the thinky parts, you know, not necessarily taking the thinky parts and trying to like see what the soul has to say about those, but just, you know, the soul isn't so thinky. It's usually just more here and now. And sometimes the soul is more like representational and colors and stuff that's not even logical or linear in the way that it's like, well, I don't know how to explain it. I just kind of feel really nostalgic today or I kind of feel like pink bubbles or the song that I heard earlier, or, you know, just, okay. I mean, that's a start, right? I mean, that's interesting. It's already nourishing, uh, or at least to me. So this is why I definitely am asserting that, Sharing the soul is way more nourishing to me than most of the other interactions that I deal with. And, and it is just a source of food. It's a source of food. I mean, plenty of the other interactions that I have are valuable and useful and needed. I'm not negating those other kinds and saying this is the only kind of interaction anybody should have. But if we're talking about food and needing to eat every day, then, you know, you have to realize where to go to get some food and soul sharing, you know, and getting to enjoy another person's soul. There are going to be people's souls who you don't necessarily enjoy, I'm sure. Um, But 
there's also a way to cultivate a, uh, an enjoyment in anyone's soul. Uh, very much like, you know, food, once again, the metaphor where, you know, flavors, there's so many flavors and there might be some flavors that are your least favorite for sure. But in general, you can kind of develop an appreciation for all the different flavors, um, you know, because, yeah, it's freaking actually the sight of someone's soul. It's like a beautiful thing. And to be honest, like as a side note, I think this is sometimes why therapy gets disappointing or like not as healing as it might. Or I don't know, it's just because a lot of times in situations like that, we end up just talking about our thoughts, thoughts and thoughts and thoughts and thoughts and thoughts and thoughts. And we like really edge up against some of the stuff that could be really juicy. I mean, we're kind of getting close and it is sort of a first step, but we're mostly just going into the thoughts and we're not like hitting the real spot, you know, but that's kind of a a side note. I mean, as an example, that is perfect because this came from one of my conversations with uh, a friend about this very subject when I was talking about, you know, do you share your soul? Do you, does that happen for you? Do you like it when that happens? Is it nourishing for you? And so he immediately said, oh, yeah, I think of it as like sharing my real self or, you know, the self that is like infinitely there despite like my body kind of thing. Yeah. okay. Some people look at it like that. Yeah. Infinity, you know, the the self that is the real self or, um, yeah, just the soul, the stuff that is the non-physical part of the self. And I said, oh, yeah, okay, so you know what I'm talking about? How does that go for you? Does that really do it for you? Does that nourish you? Because it does for me. And then he went into this long explanation of like, well, I usually don't show my real self or don't get to sharing that part because I'm sort of afraid that if I do, then the other people won't like it or will reject it. So I kind of keep it on lockdown or I show something that I think the other person will like or will connect best with their soul. So I'm kind of just concerned with their soul maybe. And, you know, it is kind of unsatisfying because I don't really ever feel like I'm getting to see the real them either. And, you know, so he went into this whole explanation of how his soul is like locked up and how he keeps it kind of locked up and how he realizes um, the lies that he kind of tells himself about, you know, ooh, I better not show my real soul because it's not or my real self because it's not maybe welcome here or Ooh, what if somebody doesn't like it? Then what? You know, because I'm like, well, then what? (laughs) You know, did you ever ask whatever your mind was running off, like that mind chatter? Did you ever ask, like, then what? So what? So what if they don't like me? You know, and it's like, well, it thinks it'll die or it'll be horrible or it'll face this like horrible rejection. And, you know, and this is all sounds like therapy, right? (laughs) I mean, this is all good stuff, right? It's good that he is recognizing these pathways and this stuff that happens in there. And, but isn't it so exemplary at the same time of how I asked him about his soul and does he get the chance to share his soul? And his response was mostly him chasing down all of the mind chatter. And he didn't really get to telling me about his soul. 
and who it was and where it was and whether it was hungry and what it needed and what it liked. Because I mean, my point was kind of like, what is your soul like? Or do you feel nourished when you uh, share your soul or see another person's soul. And we kind of didn't even get totally into that. I didn't get to hear about his soul or its nourishment or any of that. Instead, I kind of heard, I mean, it was appropriate. It's not like he just spoke to me totally off topic. I mean, but he ended up doing all of the mind chasing where you like chase down the problem or chase down the pathways. Um, so it's like he took me down all the different pathways of the mind that sort of keep his soul locked down or just all the different paths passageways of the mind that the soul was trying to get out of or something you know because even if I wasn't asking him about his soul being locked down even if I was asking him about his day yesterday and he just chased down all the different pathways that his mind went down or took me down all these different things about his mind's thoughts about his day or, you know, what he thought it should have been. And he gave me information. It's not incorrect. It's not unhelpful. It is great and perfect to root down these pathways um, of the mind because they do give you information on the roots and of what the mind is doing. (laughs) But what we usually do is stop before and think we're done before we actually get to the soul and like actually give it time to talk. I never got to this guy's information about what nourishes his soul. Instead, I just heard all the ways that he locks it down and why he doesn't really get in there. And those were informative. They let him know maybe next time. Oh, hey, here I am telling myself this, that, or the other. You know, why don't I share my soul? Oh, it's because I think that someone's not going to like it or it's not safe to show it here. It'll be attacked. It'll be harmed. Wait a minute. Can it even be harmed? Like, what am I thinking? You know, maybe. Maybe that will be helpful, but it is definitely all still the mind and we didn't get into the soul. And the thing that I said to him, which I think is, oh my gosh, you know, we could think on this for Uh, days because I think it has a lot of different implications in other places too. But (laughs) basically finding all the lies doesn't mean you have the truth. You know, he's chasing down all the different lies and it might help lead you to the truth process of elimination and all, but it doesn't give you the truth. Just finding and going on a research mission for all the different lies and collecting them, gosh, it's important and all, but it doesn't actually land you at truth. And, you know, that's sort of what I was saying about the therapy thing. Like sometimes therapy can be this great exercise in like chasing down all the pathways of the lies and like collecting all the different lies and having them in your hand. But you have lies in your hand, not the truth. Like having all the lies in your hand is a worthy endeavor, but it isn't the same. It doesn't equate having the truth in your hands. Not just because you collect all the lies doesn't mean all of a sudden, poof, you've got the truth now in your hands. No, that's something different. You actually have to flip the lies over. You, you know, if you collect them, you have to under, uh, look under the lies to hopefully start finding the truth or upturn, overturn the different lies to actually find truth. Like you, that's a separate thing, you know, and 
that is more of the soul's business. You know, it's like, all right, well, here are all the lies I told myself. Um, and here's why I don't share my soul. Okay. And then what's the truth? That usually starts to come more from the soul. And it isn't linear as much, you know, because like then it's like, gosh, well, I don't know how to tell you the truth because I don't know what is the truth. Well, of course. Okay. Yes. All that. <laughs> that means we're in the right place. You know, that means when there is no right and wrong and when it is the soul's domain and things like don't make A plus B equals C sense, like great. Then that means we're in the right place. Like what is the truth then? Here is why you don't let your soul speak. Here is why you don't usually share it. What's the truth? Oh, the truth is my soul is starving. It's starving. And I'm like about to cry just thinking about my soul and how it just really wants to get out. The truth is it's like dying to be touched. The truth is it's like been holding its breath forever. The truth is I don't know what'll kill me worse. You know, uh, having those people attack my real self or having me attack it by never letting it come out or, you know, whatever. And those do start to become linear thoughts. And then that last part that I just said was more thought, but you're trying. I mean, yes, anytime you're trying to express verbally anything, even your soul, it does start to have to go into some thought because otherwise you can't express it verbally. Okay. So to pretend that it would never go to a thought at all is also not my point. It's just the effort, like get in there and what is the truth? What is the soul actually saying? If he started to tell me about his soul's nourishment or just like say hey <laughs> to me from his soul, you know, like my real self, what's the truth? You know, I never let myself um, even know my real self. What's the truth? More of that. Well, I, I do know it though. I know it even I'm trying not to, but I do know it. There's like a flavor and I can't explain it, but I do know it. And it is the only times I've ever felt peace or stillness or just glad to be alive or, you know, whatever. I don't just whatever nonsense, you know, even nonsense. Like I love that part too. Um, when people do get representative where they're just like, well, what's the truth? Trees, trees are the truth and purple. And like, it's in there and it's having to do with this song. All I know about my soul is that like, when it hears this sound of this song or whatever, I feel like me again, or, you know, my soul, whatever. I mean, at least then the soul is having some voice, you know, and it doesn't have to always be representational. I mean, it's also a beautiful skill to be able to express with words more about your soul because, you know, I think that sharing the soul and making sure that it's really like, am I speaking with the soul? Well, what does the soul want to say? What does the soul feel like today? Um, what's going on for it? What is the truth for the soul? And then double checking, like, is that just a bunch of mind chatter? Like, okay, okay, I started going down that hole and I was expressing my soul and then I started to get a little bit into my mind and that's cool, that's cool. The mind is this beautiful, amazing partner of the soul. And so there's no problem with that. Don't reprimand the mind for doing anything. Um, let them be friends. You know, this was a, another topic that I've done on like the monkey mind, uh, which is like a Buddhist concept too, with like chatter going on. And, you know, a lot of times people will vilify like the ego, get it out of here. Uh, or like, you know, the mind chatter, shut it up, you know, but it's like, what? Whoa, wait, the mind, no part of you is you know, a problem, problematic. Who wants to be treated like that? That mind is a genius. It is a genius tool that is 
the partner, the beloved sacred partner of the soul because the soul isn't a thinker. I mean, it's not thinky. It is so busy being, just being and taking in the everything of the everything that is in this moment here and now. I mean, think about one moment here and now is so huge. Um, that's The soul is busy with that because it feels everything and it is a part of the everything. It is that infinite part, that part that isn't contained by a body per se. It's, you know, the non-body part of you. And you know, you can feel how vast it is, which is also probably why we don't share it or talk about it or go in there because we just think we're going to be swallowed whole because it's so vast. Okay, that's the power and the beauty of the soul. Because of that, it's not super thinky. It's kind of just be <laughs> It's more of the being and it's more of the here and now and the presence. So it has to have, it has to have this genius partner called the mind, this tool, this absolutely brilliant calculation device, like in order to do the sorting and the thinking. And so thank God that it has this because it really wouldn't be great and you know, it just wouldn't be what it is to us without it. Yeah, our reality would be completely different. Whatever, it doesn't, that part doesn't even matter. It's just like, don't shame the mind. Instead, let them meet. Let them, uh, let them be friends. Let the soul start its beautiful soul-sharing process with the mind. Let that be the first friend that the soul shares with. <laughs> Let the soul share itself and share its truth with your mind and let them be friends and then let the mind do the soul's bidding. And I don't mean in a slavery way. I mean in a best friend's way, in a way that's like, hey, I really need you to help me with this, man. Like we are partners. Let's do this and uh, send the mind on jobs that because the mind needs jobs and it needs to be occupied and it's going to be occupied no matter what it needs that it is like how it is its real self you know that is letting the mind be the mind well okay cool so it's gonna run <laughs> and it's gonna run either you can let it run doing the things that are going to really serve you and help you because you say hey this is what my soul really needs you to think about. This is what it needs some answers on. Hey, can you give me answers on these three big things in my life? I know you're a genius. Get running on it. I won't even try to push you or control you because I know that you'll run on your own and you'll run in the background and you'll provide me with this like genius stuff. And it'll just come when you're ready. You'll drop it off at my desk. I don't have to like bother you and like whip you. And, you know, uh, it doesn't have to be this thing where, you know, I'm trying to shut you up and whatever. That's how we usually treat our mind. Instead, I'm going to charge you with these three tasks that are actually what is really what my soul needs, like really my soul's bidding. And gosh, I would be so grateful. My soul would be so grateful. That would be so helpful. That would be nourishing <laughs> for my soul. If we shared like this, you know, this deep aspect of the mind is kind of the essence or the soul of the mind is the fact that it needs to run and it needs to do the work and it needs to find the answers and it needs to sort the things. And the soul needs to be, and it needs to, um, you know, just exist in the here and now and not have the mind stuff. It, it, it exists separately. And so anyway, whatever, 
I'm sort of meshing the metaphor, and I hope that's not getting confusing, but I do think that it's kind of beautiful the way that, you know, hey, you could do your soul, soul sharing with your mind um, and let the soul and the mind do the activity. But ultimately, what my original point was is that it's nourishing and it's soul food. It's food for the being to share your soul with someone and to enjoy their soul too. And we could do that like we prepare a meal, like on purpose for nourishment and make sure we get it in there regularly. And we can do that by making sure that we're not just sharing the mind, that we're not just sharing the mind with ourselves. That's not the only part of ourselves that we're noticing, that we're not just sharing our minds with other people, you know, but that there's also soul sharing too. And we pull out the mind component or pull it back as far back as we can get it. It's never fully gone because we're using words and we're talking to people. You, know, you have to do that. But yeah, pulling that back as far as we can and sharing the soul. That's the nourishing stuff. And, you know, as a side bonus, yeah, we can also develop a better relationship with our mind in doing that because we're going to be a more nourished person because our soul gets to come out and speak and actually be a presence in things too. And the soul can actually speak to the mind on what it would really love and appreciate that mind's work in doing. And that the soul could revere the mind, not as this chattering monkey that's driving it nuts, but as this freaking inner genius that absolutely you know, makes its dreams come true, basically, uh, or, you know, just is an essential partner to it. Uh, and that part is just like an extra piece. I already did do a podcast on that a little bit before with the monkey mind and the inner genius and all that. But, um, and I will say that, uh, those terms even are something that were taught to me by Artie Wu, just because I'd love to give credit to some people that I have gotten cool sort of ideas and nourishment from. Um, but yeah, so that is the, the metaphor. I feel like people aren't eating, <laughs> uh, they're trying or people are hungry. They're not eating. And instead of finding food, they're just trying to not be hungry and pretend that they're not or distract themselves. And instead they should eat. And the way that they could eat, way that I have found that is a beautiful, nourishing way for me to eat is by sharing my soul with other people and enjoying theirs too in this soul swapping kind of little moment. And if I make sure to do that regularly, that is a surefire way for me to feel fed, nourished, full cup, you know, not those deep pangs of hunger. Instead, I can just enjoy the regular, everyday, unavoidable levels of hunger that happen simply because every day is a new day and you're hungry for more. Um, so anyways, and that's what I wanted to it's like many metaphors all wrapped into one, mostly of the mostly relating to food. <laughs> Hopefully it was easy enough to follow. They do feel all related to me and pretty important. Thank you so much for listening. I've always loved playing with ideas and deepening in any way that I can. I find it brings connection back. It enlivens you, especially if you're using real play and games to do it. So come and check out all the games and stuff that we've got going on at bringconnectionback.com.